Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in November of 2020. And welcome to episode 28. The textbook is not the curriculum. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) We want to give a shout out to our friend Chris, who lives in California. Yes. She engages with us on Twitter Mm -hmm. many times. And she said she listened to episode 23, which was first quarter reality check. And she said episode 23 felt good. We are in this together. I look forward to you two each week. Even though I'm across the country, we have the same issues. You have a big impact on listeners. Have a peaceful week, ladies. Thank you, Chris. We love you. (laughs) We really have to do a Google Meet with her. Yes. Let's do that. (laughs) We're going to plan that out, Chris. (laughs) Okay, our reflection for this week, listeners, we're going to be honest with you right now. We are recording episode 28, this one, right after we recorded 27 yeah like immediately after like we just stopped recording and now are recording again in episode 27 we talked about the infographic for cpa yes and then using it with your own students and seeing what happens well the reflection is honestly we can't wait to see if anybody has actually done it right and posted on twitter or well, sent us our email and even using it myself for my own classroom like i, I am excited to try it out <laughs> right? obviously i haven't yet because we literally just recorded that episode but i'm i it's something to look forward to absolutely what's your good news i have not done any schoolwork in five days you know what neither have i but you know what i did look at my inbox no but that's a little different listen i haven't like sat down and planned i haven't graded i haven't gone on google classroom i haven't i've played around with pixel art i've shared this with you yes I've created a little Super Mario so pixel that was art, doing but work. that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't grading. Grading's not fun. <laughs> but planning, that's still school no, no, work. No, 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 no. I didn't plan anything. <laughs> I didn't open a textbook. Okay, I creating. Didn't, I didn't. I created for the love of creating. Okay, and it just happened to be the the content that you're doing with your students. It's review. <laughs> So really, you you have been doing work. No. Okay. Honestly, I opened up my email, but I didn't read anything. However, I'm afraid that if I don't go and start deleting things, I'm going to walk in with 500 messages. Right, right. Which is mostly spam, but yeah. Oh, plus I did it on my personal account, not my school account. So see, it doesn't count. The lies teachers tell ourselves. (laughs) I have not done school in five days. Don't ruin this for me, Laura. Okay. Okay. 
Sure, we'll we'll count that as happening. Okay, let's get into today's episode because I know we have a lot here we to do. discuss. We're going to start first with talking about the problems with the textbook, mm-hmm. which are many. And this is just, again, scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move on to some solutions because we don't want to just leave it as problems. Right. We also want to think about what else can we do. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone who is really stuck on the textbook, we hope that our solutions kind of give you a spark of right thought yeah right? of like just what else you could do instead right and I know that right now in COVID times especially teachers that haven't taught math in a while yeah. that were thrown into self-contained classrooms they're stuck with the textbook because right. they don't have the time or the energy to go out there and explore other things right so hopefully one of our solutions will help guide you a little away from the textbook right. if you're that committed to it or, or maybe just use the textbook a in little a different, different way right, right in a different right. way yeah all right so my number wait, wait wait i just want to tell the listeners we did not go over our lists before so this we is gonna not. we're gonna see how many problems and solutions uh-huh. we have the same written down okay right, let's do this okay my number one which i feel like will be your number one is space oh that was not my number one oh. but but it was number two okay all right <laughs> so let's talk about space yes uh there is none. None. There is no space so even in the, the textbook. The textbook that we're using now, they tried on the first page, because you know every lesson has four pages. Right. Right? Two double-sided pages. And the formula is you put something on the first page and then you scaffold the heck out of the next page at the top. Right. And then you start giving all the level one questions, which by the way, I'm giving away some of my problems already. And then on the back page is where your word problems come. And there is no space for kids to work. Like truly zero. Zero space. And I think my biggest issue with that is that it encourages and rewards answer getting instead of making sense and showing your thinking which that kind of goes into my number five where I put down the problem is math procedures you're just promoting math memorizers and regurgitators yes that's it you can do that third page after the guided practice mm-hmm. the one that has all oh, the problems independent practice yeah right. the independent practice with a calculator yes you can that's all it is it's just calculations yep that's what I meant right by the level one questions right yeah oh did I say that because my number three is that the level one questions are the majority in each lesson mm-hmm why and that the word problems are on the last page. That was my number four. So I know I'm totally going out of order. <laughs> you really are. But I'm putting check marks by okay. the ones that, that okay. were kind of overlapping. So not only with the no space to write, I wrote down, because this was my number two, there's a zillion problems with that, no space to yes, write. Yes, that was my number four. Uh, Too many problems. Yep. You don't need to do 22 oh. problems to see if you understand. And then the problem with, the, with that, many problems. I know where you're going with this. Is that if you're, if a kid, right. Does it wrong. Exactly. If a kid doesn't understand it on problem one, they're not going to understand it on problem 22. Right. Instead of having corrected the issue, right, they're just repeating their error error every single time. So now that imperfect practice Mm -hmm. has been grinded into their head and it's going to take so much more time and effort and teaching and coaching 
teaching and for them to undo it. Right. Well, my number one problem was that there's too much, quote, help in the book. Mm. There's too much scaffolding Mm -hmm. where I know I said this on another episode when I walked into one of my fourth grade teachers classrooms back at the school that we were at together. Right. And I walked in and on the very first page, this was in our old textbook series, there were blanks and she was having a hard time filling in the blanks. And I walked in and I said, you know what? And I put that giant X over the page. I said, let's just focus on the question and let's figure out how to do it. Yes. So there's, there's too much scaffolding and you turn the page and then it says, here's another way for them to do it. All the thinking is gone. Is gone. Because you've given it all to them. Exactly. That's the problem. Another problem. Uh Uh-huh. To go along with what you said, this was my number two. It doesn't always make sense for the teacher, right? And it's exactly (laughs) what you just said. When you look through it, because it wasn't our work. Right. It it doesn't make sense to us. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's like trying to follow someone else's lesson plan. Yes. I I have such a hard time doing that. Right. Just tell me the learning goal and let me take care of it. Yep. And I think a lot of lessons the things that they do also aren't necessarily great on paper. Mental math lessons are not supposed to be on paper. Right. It's called mental. Right. And when you try to create it as a mental math lesson Mm -hmm. and write it all out, that's our job as the teacher to facilitate it. And we have a hard time with it. You know, in number talks, when the kids tell us what to write, Mm -hmm. we have a hard time writing it out exactly how they're saying it. Mm -hmm. Now you're asking a nine-year-old a 10-year-old, a 5-year-old five right. to write it, to write down their mental strategies? No, no. No. And that's where I think parents really get frustrated because what they see coming home is all of this stuff and they can't make sense of it. Because they weren't there for the discussion. Correct. Yes. Right. And even some strategies that are taught in the textbook are not necessarily the way that we would see it. They're kind of backwards. Yes. I had a teacher that asked me, it was actually area model. Shocker. <laughs> Your asked favorite? Me, asked me about the area model, and I think it was dividing of decimals. And she said, like, I just don't understand how the textbook is doing it. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't Close do it that way. Right. Like, you can use that problem, but don't do it the way the tech because the textbook doesn't make sense the way it's done again I think it's like because of the fact that we're not privy to those conversations right right I don't want to insult the people who have written the textbook and have taken all this time because some of them are well respected exactly math teachers teachers in our world right right but if you're not in I mean you know when when you do it you understand it better yes and if we're not part of that conversation it's it's hard for us to really understand what was meant mm-hmm. with that certain model or that certain way of thinking mm-hmm. because we're, we were just not in that conversation. Another problem that I have is when there are extra workbooks. So I don't care if you call it a homework book, yeah. a practice book, or whatever. We don't need a 100,000 problems for kids because no. first of all, I don't want to send it home for homework. Right. Uh, because they're going to do it wrong. If they didn't get it with me, how in the world are they going to get it at home? Yeah. And then parents are going to try to intervene and then there's going to end up tears and we know because this happened with you and myself growing up, right? Yes. (sighs) Another problem I see is following the scope that they Uh have. I really prefer teaching fractions before decimals. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just makes sense. 
to teach I'm it. sure there's some reason behind it. But I'm again, sure. we don't. We we're weren't not, right. We're not part in of the, the conversation. conversation. Mm-hmm. I would like to know why are decimals taught before fractions? Because I feel like kids have more experience with fractions. Yes, they don't use coins. No, you know we don't. Maybe this is what I'm thinking now is because it has to do with powers of ten. And since if it's just a tenth of, one hundredth of, one thousandth of, or times ten, times one hundred times 1,000. Maybe that's why? I just know that when I taught fractions before I taught decimals. That one year? My mm-hmm. one year that I, I, was, able to, I was able to do it. <laughs> my students were able to use strategies that uh. they learned from fractions mm-hmm to multiply and divide decimals. Their understanding was so much deeper. I had kids who were even multiplying their decimals by turning it into a fraction. Wow. Instead of writing three tenths, they would write three Three over over ten. And it made more sense to them. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't something that I had necessarily taught them. They just came up with that, right? Right. Because they had experience with fractions. And what I like about the fractions is that when you, so when you're teaching fractions, you can see all those visual models making a grid of 10 and 10 (sighs) it's just a lot to look at it is but when you start with one half and two thirds yep that's a lot easier for your brain to see yes to visualize to understand right that's why I liked teaching fractions first okay that makes sense and then my last thing is for me anyway Mm -hmm. I find that sometimes the textbook is insulting like like (laughs) Anybody off the street could come in and open the book and just go through it, right? Well, I feel before Common Core, anybody could have done that. I I feel after Common Core, because there are so many strategies that we teach now that we didn't grow up on, right? that I don't think Joe Schmo off the street could do that. Okay. But there are just like all the questions are there. Yes. No, I, I hear what you're saying. And at, like the but misconceptions they're, they're, are there, which are very... Very helpful. Yes, yes. I just, I just feel like I have spent so much time doing the thinking, doing the the, the learning, learning, mm-hmm. going to PD, talking to other teachers, and then when you just give it all to me, it's like I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like it doesn't respect me as a as a professional. Well, I also feel like if Joe Schmo comes off the street and tries to teach, they're just going to teach it the way they were taught. Yeah, they're gonna look at this and say what. I right, don't understand right. it. So forget right. that. I'm going to teach you long division. Yes. And right? I, had, I had substitutes that did that. Ooh. And I literally wrote in the directions, do, do not, not teach, teach long, long division. And they, they did. did. Because they didn't know yeah. partial quotients. They didn't know. They didn't know it. What a, they any said, other and, strategy. And even the kids were like, Mrs. Cousins doesn't want us to learn this. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care. <gasps> Yeah. And so one one of my girls, she said, she said, well, then at that point, I stopped listening to him. (laughs) Good for her. That's what I said to her. I said, well, I'm really proud of you. Good. (laughs) I'm really happy because you shouldn't have done that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Do you have any other problems? Well, I do, but. (laughs) I mean, do you have any listed? No. Okay. Let's go to the solutions. These aren't going to be in any order, I don't think, but stop, quote, helping students. Stop writing the scaffolded things. One thing for me is really choosing the right problem. Yes. And choosing a good task. If you've got a good task, that's 
all you need. And so one of my solutions was put the word problem page first because how many times have we learned context matters? Stop giving the naked problems because you can just bring out a calculator like you said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how I've been actually teaching this whole year. We do one, I have one word problem that's posted Mm -hmm. and from there we talk about the different strategies, what it looks like, how did you solve it, how did you solve it. Right. But it's all in, it's all contained Textualized. Yep. And I think that that makes more sense for the kids because it's 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 meaning more meaningful right like maybe a realistic kind of problem yeah yeah. not the 75 watermelons in the station wagon right Right. you've seen that meme right (laughs) right but But, again it it just brings it back to what are we really doing exactly right that it's not just we're not just going to take this number and put it as the dividend right and this number and put it as the divisor and then these now these numbers have a meaning behind them I also wrote down as a solution to the textbook people put loads of space with few problems yeah that's how our textbook if you want us to to use a textbook that's how I want it I want it more of a math notebook yes right and I also wrote down as a solution that they need to promote build drawing and writing they need to promote CPA yes not just abstract 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 yes and while I'm just might as well, right? Put a number sense routine first. Yes. As your warm up on a page yeah. or something like that. I do have that more focus on number sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely more focus on number sense because we know it all comes, comes back, back to number all sense. All of it. And don't create another book. Don't give us a homework slash practice book. We don't want it. Right. A game book might be Ooh, nice. Yes. Right? With games that they can do at home. Or even online. Yes. If they can play against themselves or right. play against a friend. Yes. Right? That would be so Ooh. much more fun. Yes. And helpful, more helpful. Because how many times have you played Among Us? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Tell me. Several. Te- several, lots, right? Lots. Yeah. How addicting is that? Oh, totally. So let's make the games addicting for the kids. A hundred percent. And maybe maybe we have the control to lock it, right? So that yeah. we kind of, quote, force them to play a different game that has to do with whatever. Okay, yeah. Go ahead, textbook companies. Make, <laughs> make it happen. Make it happen. Or if we have any listeners who are coders who can also code, maybe they can create something. There you go. There's a Right? <laughs> and give it to us for free. <laughs> Because we know free is always the best. Always. Always the best. Another thing I have listed are collaborative tasks. Uh, Really, those are so important. We got to get these kids talking about math. Okay. Mathematical discourse. My seventh solution was we've got to get kids up and out of their seats. We've got to get into our building thinking classrooms mode where we have vertical non-permanent surfaces so that they can collaborate on the tasks. Absolutely. Shout out to Peter Liliadal. And I said his name correctly again. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay me. <laughs> if you're looking for more ideas and resources for all of these things that we've mentioned, one place to go to is ditchthattextbook.com. Okay. Matt Miller, who wrote Tech Like a Pirate mm-hmm. is the creator of that and he also has a podcast. And But what I love about that website is that there's so many ideas, free resources, and you could use, like there's a lot of like Google stuff in there too. Okay. Hyperdocs is another one. 
uh, that he references a lot. And I love using hyperdocs. You don't know what hyperdoc is. I'm looking at you. Like, <laughs> I can see it. I headlights. can see it in your face. You don't know what a hyperdoc is. It's basically it's what you would. It, it sounds like what it is. It's a it's a document that it has takes links, you somewhere. right? Okay. And and different things that the kids are responsible for completing. Oh. Or so, and so you can put that in your Google Classroom yes, now. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I get you now. So free. Listen, these are all free. These are not things that you have to create. But there's so many. He he does have a lot of blogs on there. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of great ideas. So if you've never seen that site or his book, mm-hmm. I think it's a book as well. You know, go go and take a look because there are there are other ways to teach. Okay. Than to go ba- page by page in a textbook. The last thing I was gonna say about the textbook for a solution: if you're a teacher that hasn't taught math in a long time and you are completely glued to that textbook, then just take the one or two or three good problems out of there to have your kids work on and don't make them do one to 55 odd or whatever it is. You know, if you are so glued to the textbook and we get it, we don't have time to go out and learn a whole grade levels worth of stuff in COVID times. Really, if you haven't taught math in so many years, it is different. It is. And we love it. (laughs) (laughs) We do. But just use the textbook more judiciously. So what's our challenge for everybody? Our challenge is exactly that. Mm-hmm. Put the textbook aside. Use one, find one great problem from the textbook. Mm-hmm. And look on those word problem. Look at that hot word problem page yes. first. Yes. And use that to drive your instruction. And let the kids try it First, First, give them the time for productive struggle. Yes. I'm telling you, kids are going to rise to your expectations. They always rise to them. And it might be difficult at first. Oh, it is. Remember because I, they have I said, never... I sat down and sometimes I sat for three minutes right now in this school year. But you know what? Those third graders that I was working with, somebody finally said something, whether it was correct or not. Right. But we had a starting point. Trust your kids. Yes. Trust them. They have so much more in there than some people give them credit for. Yep. Let them do the thinking. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag LearningThroughMath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.